0: communityoxford.com, or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford Podcast. This morning, we will continue our journey through Paul's letter to the Romans. Uh, we will be in Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 31. So if you have a copy of God's Word, and I hope that you do, that you'll go ahead and turn there. Uh, if not, it'll be on the screens. There's also some Bibles at the end of the rows. Um, so you can grab one of those if you would like to. Last week, we left off with the verdict of the trials of our lives, and I realize that that's not exactly um, what I called it last week, but we looked at this idea of what advantage the Jews have, and we looked at this idea of, uh, you know, circumcision of the heart and religion versus grace, and, um, you know, I just am so thankful for God's Word and how God's Word just teaches us. But we found out last week as we look at Romans chapter 3 that we're in trouble. That we're in trouble. And what I mean by we're in trouble is that we found out last week that we're all guilty. Look with me at Romans chapter 3 verse 10. Romans chapter 3 verse 10. None is righteous, as it is written, none is righteous, no not one. So what does that tell us, church? That every single one of us in this room is guilty. Every single one of us is guilty. But then look at Romans 3, 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. In other words, church, God's law shuts us up. It causes our mouths to be closed. It avoids our excuses and our alibis, uh, and our alibis don't hold up. It makes us accountable. The law makes us accountable. It voids our excuses. Our alibis just don't hold up. So church folks, listen up. God's law can't make you good. God's law can't make you good. That's where religious people fall short, or that's where religion falls short. Know, what, know what's right. Knowing what's right does not make us right. Knowing what's right does not make us right. And you can't change a heart full of sin by attempting some good works. Look at Romans 3.20 that we saw last week. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. For by works of law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. So this morning, as we look at our lives being on trial, if you'll let me say it that way, and this is the court or the courthouse, and it's full of guilty people, you're probably feeling pretty bad that you have gotten caught. Because you see, what we saw last week was, is that there's not a single person in this room, me included, is that, 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 that will separate, or, or excuse me, that will get away with the sins that we've committed. I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever been guilty of something, and you knew you were guilty of it, but you felt like you had gotten away with it? Like you looked around, and everybody around you didn't seem to look at you as if you were guilty, but there was something going on inside of you, believer, that's called the Holy Spirit, and it was ripping you apart. Maybe you're here today and you're not a believer. What I want you to see with that conviction in your life is that's called grace. That's, called, that's God saying to you, hey, you know that you've messed up. You think that you've gotten away with it. But can I tell you something? You are going to be found guilty. I always used to say that I'd rather have to take a whooping from my dad than have to listen to him. And not because he was preaching to me, but because of the simple fact I had such a love and respect for my father, I hated that I disappointed him. So this morning, we just sang about this good, good father. And I'm not talking about an earthly father. I'm talking about a heavenly father. And that heavenly father loves us enough, church, to remind us that every single one of us are guilty. Every single one of us are in sin. Every single one of us is going to fall short. Every single one of us, as we stand on trial today, can do nothing for ourselves. But look with me at verse 20. For by works the law, by the, for by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in its sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So as you sit here in court this morning and you are full of guilt, and you're feeling pretty bad about the fact that you got caught, your stomach is in knots because you're coming to the realization that we are guilty and there's nothing you or I can do about it. The only thing left in this court that we find ourselves in this morning is the sentencing. Is the sentencing. But then, if the scriptures ended in verse 20, and let me tell you something, church, the world more or less wants us to believe that it does. The world wants us to believe that, man, it's about what you do that gets you into heaven. It's about doing, 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 doing. Can I tell you something, church? You will never do enough or I will never do enough to get us into heaven. Man, it's about keeping the law. Good luck with that, my brother. But as we read verses 21 through 31, the the rest of chapter 3 this morning, it is a glimmer of hope. So pay attention here. Look at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hence, we are all guilty. None of us in this room have got it right. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and are justified, verse 24, by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. That was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then verse 27, then what becomes of our boasting? Is it excluded? By what kind of law? By a law of works, but by the, no, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one justified by faith apart from works of the law, or is God the God of Jews only?" Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one, who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith? Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Will you pray with me? Father, I'm in great need of you this morning. It's really no different than any other morning. But God, as I teach these 10 verses, God, I pray that I would allow these verses to teach for themselves. God, there's someone here today that is continuing to live in their guilt and in their sin. God, may you release them from that today. God, may may you remind them today that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Meaning that no one is better, no, not one. The only one that matters today is King Jesus, and may we run to him today. We pray all this in your name, the one we want to be like when we grow up, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Donald Barnhouse, a commentary, drew a heart around this passage in his Bible and said, these verses are the most important verses in all of Scripture. Leon Morris called it the greatest paragraph ever written. Let's look back at this text verse by verse. Look at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. That means, there, that means there's a way to be right with God. You know how there's a way to be right with God? God. Now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. This is a reminder, church, that the Old Testament has been declaring from the beginning that He is coming, He is coming, He is coming. Who is coming? The righteousness. You see, I don't know if you know this or not, but when you've been found guilty of something, you've got to prove to the court, you have to prove to those who are prosecuting you, you have to prove to the jury, you have to prove to the judge that you are not guilty, but you're right. Church, can I tell you why you and I have a problem? Because our sin separates us from God. You know the other reason that we have a problem? Every single one of us in this room are guilty. Every single one of us in this room are not right. But praise God that there is a righteousness that will allow us to be made right in the sight of God, and that righteousness has a name. Look at verse 22. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. Does that sound familiar? Last week when we looked at the first 20 verses in this text, we saw that there's no partiality, that God will judge every way everyone the same way. But look at verse 22. The righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe, for there is no distinction. Saying, hey, guess what? We're all messed up. We're all screwed up. We all fall short of the glory of God. But guess what? Because of Jesus, we have a hope. Because of Jesus, we can be made right. Because of Jesus, there is no distinction. So it doesn't matter if you're religious or not. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. It doesn't matter if you're free. Your slave. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. What matters is, is do you know that your righteousness does not depend on you? It depends on Christ. But see, I'm convinced that most of us don't get that. And the reason I know this is, is because I find myself guilty. And I believe if you're honest with yourself this morning, you find yourself guilty because we are so worried and concerned about what everybody else thinks instead of what King Jesus thinks. Verse 22, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. That is the gospel, church. That is the good news. Faith in Jesus makes you right with God. Look at the end of verse 22 with me. For there is no distinction. And then look at verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For there is no distinction because all have fallen short of the glory of God, and there is no distinction because Christ came to pay the price for our sin for everyone. Look around in this room this morning, church. Everyone is guilty. In this court, no one is getting out on their own. Religion can't save you, excuses won't save us, and all have sinned. Have you ever noticed how we are compares? I mean, honestly, I can remember as I, I was a kid, we were the only people on our block to have a pool. So guess what? When everybody wanted to swim, whose house they came to? Ours. Now what we do is, is we can't just have one pool in the neighborhood, everybody's got to have a pool. And you know what the enemy does? He does that to divide us. Well, the Huckabees, they'll just stay at their house, the Joneses will just stay at their house, the Sanders will just stay at their house, the Robinsons will just stay at their house, and we don't commune together, and we don't do life together. And the reason that is, is because the enemy would rather us be divided than for us to be together. The other thing is, is this. I don't know if you know this or not, but not everybody needs a tractor. Not everybody needs a boat. Man, we just finished up Acts just a few months ago, I mean almost a month ago now, and can I tell you something? It says in the beginning of Acts that whatever the needs were, the needs were met, because why? We brought all of our goods and all of our resources together. You know what my daddy says about a boat, right? Best boat to have is your friend having a boat. So when it's time to go fishing, you can go fishing with him. When it's time for that boat to break down, he can fix it. But the point that I'm making is, is that we want to compare ourselves to everyone else. And guess what? You know what our comparison is? We have all sinned. There is no distinction. Look at verse 24. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this thought continues in verse 24, and are justified by grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We'll come back to that in just a minute. Do you realize that redemption means that Jesus brought your freedom? He paid full price? Do you realize this morning that the jury is ready to condemn you? the, The judge is ready to sentence you, but Jesus stands in front of you today and he puts out his arms and he goes, no, this one is with me. For you that have put your faith and trust in Jesus, he is saying, no, this one is with me. No, this one belongs to me. No, I have covered his punishment. Let that sink in, church. Let that sink in this morning, because you and I deserve death. You and I deserve hell. You and I deserve the price of our sins and our struggles and our shortcomings. But here's what we'll do. We'll try to fill it with religion. We'll try to make excuses. We'll try to come up with an alibi. It really wasn't me. It was just somebody that looked like me. Can I tell you the problem with that if you're a preacher? Everybody knows what you look like. Everybody knows what you drive. Everybody knows what you sound like. Man, I've been in Walmart. People come four rows over. I heard you. I'm glad I didn't say anything wrong. Some of you are going, why would you say something wrong? Listen to this reason. Some say this passage is the greatest in all Scripture. Why? Because we are justified by grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 25. Whom God put forward as a propitiation, big hard word, by his blood, which just pretty much means, hey, guess what? There was a price that needed to be paid, and it was Jesus' blood that was the price. whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he has passed over former sins. You know what this is called? It's called atonement. You know in life when something's not right, it's because you're not at one If you were to take the word atonement and break it down into three different words, and and I'm not talking about the new age mentality here that takes this new age thought and and takes atonement and says at one minute, but what it's saying is, is that you're at one with Christ Jesus. And if you're at one with Christ Jesus, everything works in order. Why? Because he took your payment. He paid your price. And y'all got to quit messing with them lights. I'm ADHD. I'm thinking somebody's behind me, and I'm about to turn around and slap somebody in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and last night was Halloween, Jeff McManus. Why are you trying to throw me on, un- like, scare me like that, bro? Goodness gracious. Man. Plus, I had to be a chaperone last night at the retreat. I didn't go to bed till 2.30 with a bunch of junior high and high school kids, and I just knew they was going to come in there and mess with me. I might have brought my gun, and I might not have. I am so thankful for our technical crew, technical things will mess up, and it will definitely distract a pastor that chases squirrels all the time, so forgive me. You guys are awesome. (laughs) Now, where was I? (laughs) Verse 25, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had to pass over former sins. You know why we come to this table this morning? It's because there was a price that had to be paid. There was a body that had to be broken. There was a blood that had to be shed. You know, in life, when you think something's not right, maybe it's with your wife, your kid, your coworker, you know, when you have built a wall around yourself and you wish something, anything could make it right? That thing is called atonement. There's, a, there's something you gotta put to, you, you got to put in terms. That, so, that, so Let me put this in terms so that we can understand it a little easier. We are on trial on how we've lived our life and how we're going to live our life. It's bad. We're guilty, and there's nothing we can do about it. However, church, just at the right time, Jesus steps in. His life, His blood... That's the one thing that makes us right with God. You see, see sin had to be punished. Look at verse 26. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now, justify means to declare righteous or to prove someone is good and at, at this, and this is the great miracle of the cross. This is the reason that we come to the table this morning, church, and we celebrate the death of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But don't get it twisted, church. Jesus had to come. So as we move from one part of worship to another part of worship, I want us to think about this this morning. The miracle did not begin on the cross. It began in a stable. You realize this morning, church, we're eight weeks away from Christmas? And you're anxious and you're nervous because you're like, man, we hadn't ordered the the gifts yet. What am I gonna get your mom? Good luck with that. What are we gonna get your sister that's never happy about anything? Like that's what's going through your mind right now. You know what's going through my mind right now? Is we're eight weeks away from the greatest moment in the history of time. Cause you see church, Jesus was a gift. It was a gift to us because without him we're doomed. So as we celebrate Jesus stepping in our lives and stepping out of heaven at just the right time, let us also celebrate that God's plans are always on time. You see, we're eight weeks away from the day. But if you are a believer here this morning, can I tell you something, church? You get to celebrate Christmas Every single day of your life. Why? Because Jesus is a gift. You see, the law matters in our life, not as a means of work, but of faith. Let's close out this passage, verses 27 and following. Then what becomes of our boasting Is it excluded? By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. For for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. And here's what I want you to see this morning, church, as we close. Is it too often in the church we hear that when Jesus comes, we don't need the law anymore? And that is so not true. You see, church, what the law does for us, it lets us be reminded that we're guilty. Every single one of us guilty. Every single one of us sin and fall short of the glory of God. But praise God for the righteousness which has a name, and that name is Jesus. You see, on that night before Jesus was to be betrayed... He knew the whole picture. He knew that people, even though Jesus had come, they were going to keep on sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning. Why? Because people want to do it their way. Hence, that's why we make excuses. That's why we created religion, because if we do and we work enough, then maybe, just maybe, we'll be all right. Wrong. You see, some of you keep coming to this place because you think you found the right place. And some of you keep coming to this place because you think you found the right people. Can I tell you something? We all jacked up in in here. But you see, Jesus came because he wanted us to know just what he was willing to do for you and for me. So why would you draw a heart around this passage? Because up until this point in Romans, we find out that we're in trouble. We're guilty. There's nothing we can do. P hard word. Propitiation, it's right here. Atonement, it's right here. There had to be a punishment for Sin. And so on that night, before Jesus was portrayed, he took the bread and he looked at his disciples and he says, every time you eat of this bread, do this in remembrance of me, for this is my body which was broken. Because of COVID, we can't take our bread, we can't come down, we can't have the effect of the bread being broken, but his body was broken. And it was broken for you and for me the scripture says he took it and he lifted it to heaven and he said Lord bless this bread and every time they eat of it do this in remembrance of me eat in the remembrance of Jesus on that same night he took the cup not a creamer pod but a cup chalice he says this is my blood which was shed for you now you forget church he had not died yet he had not been crucified yet. So he's telling them this, saying, hey, this is going to be the last time I eat of this meal until we come into my kingdom, until I come into my kingdom. And every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And he's saying this to believers, he's saying this to followers. And if you eat this and drink this and you're not a believer, it makes no sense. Because you see, when you're a believer, you come to the realization that you've, you're doomed. You got no hope, you got no opportunity, you got no righteousness But when you come to the understanding of who Jesus is, you understand that he made you right. The church didn't. Your mom and daddy didn't. The law didn't. Faith in Christ did. Scripture says he lifted it up to heaven. He said, Lord, every time they drink of this cup, may they do it in remembrance of me. So, Lord, I ask you to bless this cup. And may we be reminded this is the blood of Christ shed for us. Drink in remembrance of him. Father God, I beg you this morning that as we find ourselves in this courtroom and we realize that we have been found guilty, God, I pray this morning, God, I pray this morning that we would know that at just the right time, the cross The manger, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ stepped in at just the right time. And God, it doesn't matter that we're not right. What matters is, is that you make us right through faith. My name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. Until then, God bless.